Hello, and welcome to Audio Explorations with the Editor. You're listening to a Circus Voices podcast brought to you by Circus Talk. So our guest today is Charles Batson. Like many in the circus world, Charles wears many hats, and some people call him Professor Batson, for example, because he's a professor of French and Francophone studies and past president of the American Council for Quebec Studies, and also the Florence B. Sherwood Professor of History and Culture at Union College, where he also chairs the LGBTQ plus affairs committee. But among the circus people of Quebec and beyond, Charles is best known for his writing and of course for co-directing the annual academic seminar title, titled Circus and Its Others. Um, this October, we're excited to say that Charles will be producing a new video series with Circus Talk as part of our equity and inclusion mission. And it's called Journeys Through Queer Circus with Charles Batson. So over the course of four episodes, Charles hopes to dig into the culture and concerns of the LGBTQIA plus world in circus. Welcome, Charles. And uh, would you introduce yourself and, and mention any important details that I might have missed? You are so great. This is so great to be here. Thank you for this. Thank you for opening the opportunity for the, uh, these questions about queer circus. And um, no, I think you did such a great job. Um, I do use he, him pronouns. Um, and I am, I wouldn't mind doing a land acknowledgement if that's okay, uh, because sure. I, I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here in Albany, uh, and, um, and I need to recognize that indigenous peoples, uh, these lands that will later become known as the Americas have occupied these lands since time immemorial. Um, I also recognize that New York is built on the homelands and villages of indigenous peoples of this region, without whom the building of Albany would not have been possible. And I ask you and us all, all of us listeners and all of us people who are paying attention to this to join me in acknowledging the multiple indigenous communities that call home the confluence of these major rivers and tributaries of this complex area, their elders, both past and present, as well as future generations. So thank you for letting me letting me um, offer that. I think it is vital for these things to happen, hearing the multiple voices. And there have been so many voices that have been silenced over time, including uh, the, the, uh, the, the, those who had the, the presence here on these lands before, uh, before uh, settler uh, communities came. So thank you. Thank you for that. Anyway, back to you, Kim. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really appreciate you doing that. And I want to say that, I think you're right. Uh, indigenous, this is just a beginning um, that, that Americans are starting to recognize uh, do land recognitions with indigenous populations. It's just the first step. There's so much more we can do, but I really appreciate you doing that. Um, okay, so to pivot, uh, I have a, just a, a little icebreaker question for you. If you met a circus performer and they said, what's uh, circus and its others about, what would you tell them if they didn't know about it? <laughs> That's such a great question. Um, yeah, with the title like that, it's like, what uh, <laughs> is going on with those people? So <laughs> the first answer I would give is that we are a group of scholars and practitioners and artists and creators who are interested primarily in the role and the uses of difference in circus and in circus practice. I think that that's, that may be where we start. It all began, if you don't mind me giving you an origin story, that also yeah. might be a 
the help <clears throat> to sort of move from that elevator speed uh, pitch of those 25 words that I might have just now said. So it all, <laughs> began, it all began as many things do in this particular history in Montreal. Um, and uh, several people who were associated with the uh, working group on circus research there at Concordia University, shout out to those fine folk. Uh, we, some of us were sort of gathering in a hallway at one point after we had seen a show and we were going, whoa, what did we just see? Charles <laughs> pipes up and goes, well, you know, I think that uh, so much of what we just now saw was, you know, just pretty spectacular in the sense that it gives us this sort of queer presence. All of these, all of these people doing uh uh, extraordinary, literally extraordinary things in front in front of us and for us and crafting these things for us. And then my colleague was going, but wait, I didn't see anything queer up there. It looked to be so heterosexist. It looked <laughs> very non-queer centric. And then another colleague said, well, you know, maybe while we're talking about this, you know, there aren't so many brown and black bodies up there. Maybe we should be talking about these things. Uh, another colleague said, you know, um, I work on, uh, on, on relations between Quebec and China, and I'm really raising some questions about the presence of, of, of Asian art and Asian artists and uh, what those contributions might be made. And basically... Mm -hmm group then came together and said, you know what, we need to make, we need to codify this. We need to set up a structure in which uh, these questions that we and obviously others across this planet have been asking the question about, uh, just put us all together, put us all in a room. And so we did. So that's just where that, that came from. We started way back in 2014. Mm-hmm. And uh, we uh, created a conference there, once again, to the good good folk in Montreal. Then uh, we were invited to lift it up and take it to Prague with and uh, put it in the context of the Let Me Let Na festival there. Um, and now we, uh, we're co connecting with the University of California in Davis, and that's coming up in November. So wow. I know I gave you I know I gave you a short answer and then a much longer answer. <laughs> did I do did I, did I did I do what you wanted me to do, Kim? <laughs> you did it. I think <laughs> it's so, I want to just say that I did attend um, a couple of maybe two or three uh, iterations of Circus and its others in Montreal, and I really really enjoyed it. One of the things I love is like the academic deep dive that goes into exploring, and and each person presents their papers. It's a very academic uh, style, you know of what they are researching and, and it, and it can go from anything from sideshow to exploring race and gender and age and nationality. And just, it goes into all different things. But my question, this is a spontaneous question to you, Charles is, do you feel that this is necessary? Um, because in a way circus, now that it's more codified with circus schools is becoming a little more homogenous than it used to be. I think your question is so spot on as particularly a question. There are lots and lots and lots of people who are sort of exploring this question. Some people are going to say, yes, the, uh, the, 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 these codifications have weeded out arguably some of the alternative bodies and alternative styles over time. Mm -hmm. um, and we need to look at that and raise a question about that arguably a troubling history. Um, as you say, you know, in, in academic in academic research, a lot of people do in deep dives, and then there are going to be some other people who are looking at some other spe specific areas that are going, well, you know, actually, in 
In my particular world, I'm looking at specific places where there is some celebration of some of this particular style of alternative expression. Um, but yeah. I, I, I do firmly believe uh, that it is hugely vital that we raise this question, that I think that there is a risk that we run when we begin to codify anything. <laughs> my, uh, you mentioned that I'm a, that I carry the hat of professor in, in some of my, in some of my other spaces. And, you know, it's, it's really important to pay attention to, for example, what happened in France in the 17th century and the, and the French Academy. And there was lots of codifications that happened there and, and strict, mm. strict rules that began to, uh, codify how we talked and with whom we talked and what the register of tone that we took. And then obviously as the things began codified, then other things began to disappear. And I think that that's, that's a risk that we, that we run. And I think that it's hugely important that we pay attention to, um, to the sense of loss. And um, that would be, I think that that I, 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 I live so much nostalgia and melancholy these days about some of the horrors <laughs> in the universe. I'm not ready for more loss. So I'm ready for more celebration, to be honest. Yeah, I like that. And it, it seems like a lot of the work that you do centers around that, that central concept of like, let's, let's connect with this, um, this otherness, you know, through whether it be LGBT or you know, through the the variations in the in diversity in the circus world. So, yeah. but thinking about the arts, I just wondered, can you tell us a little bit about how you ended up in the arts? And I know it, it starts with dance, right? It does. You're so, you're, yeah, thanks for paying attention to that particular part of this particular history. So, yeah, um, actually, even prior to dance, if I could open up this particular biography, it began with Charles sitting on a piano bench. So Charles oh. also at one stage in his life and another in another life was uh, was a pianist. And uh, he's, he's actually be, that same Charles who was talking to you today just now cast a glance over my living room and I saw the piano that I now have. For oh. my <laughs> it's over there. It's still there. Um, so the, uh, and the, the, so the arts have always been alive and well in my particular space. I started other kinds of performing, including theater and dance um, a little bit later after the, after the piano. And it was then the theater and dance that led me. And then the French world as well. I have to always sort of put that in there in this country. Conversation. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the theater and dance and France then led me to look at what was happening in the 1910s and 1920s in Paris with all of those fascinating groups of mm -hmm. the Alpine Ballet and the Swedish Ballet and other avant-garde troops. Um, so that was where that began. Yeah. So um, some of the some of the dance stuff in my life have included like Baroque reconstructions, which is also just like hugely cool and hugely interesting that's also taking more and more space but when i was starting to do it it really didn't have so much space and once again i think it's about the sense of arguably about a sense of loss is that uh is that we don't we don't want this to get lost either even though this was right. codified and it was the dance of the court and so obviously the you know a dance of privilege the actual art form itself was there was a sense that it it, it may it may start to disappear. And so it was like, well, no, let's give a, let's give some more space to that. So um, I guess maybe that's, that's, so cool. that's been sort of nourishing many of the, many of the questions that I've been doing. So if you don't mind, if I keep on, if I keep on 
chatting about this place of art and actually the practice of art. The um, mm -hmm. one, of the, one of the cool things that I that I adore about my colleagues in the Circus and its others uh, group that we all have this idea that we need to make sure that that our deep dive into the the study of of the place of difference or the absence of difference in um, circus, uh, you know, as that deep dive is happening, we also need to make sure that art is happening. And so that's why it was in conjunction with the various festivals in Montreal and in Prague. And that's why we're mm -hmm. working on making sure that some, uh, that some performances are happening related to the, to the festival there in Davis is that art, um, yeah, the 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 the, pra the practice and the and the space for uh, artists and and the craft is hugely vital to what we're trying to do. I love that because you're taking it out of the theoretical realm of discussion and saying, let's make sure that there's representation as well. It's beautiful. Right. Shout out to that! Shout out to that! <laughs> yeah, well, Charles, I never realized. I've known you for years now. I never knew what a Renaissance man you are. You have like, you're like all the arts. It's great. It's so beautiful. You know, and one thing we haven't mentioned yet, you kind of alluded to it, is that you're also a published author. So, um, can you talk to, or can you speak to specifically the circus books that you've contributed to or written? So happy to do that because that's once again I think it's so it's so vital that that circus scholarship is 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 seeing the light of day. Many people have been doing it. Got to give a shout out to the to the you know to the giants that have come before. And uh, I may have started to think about this, and others may have been writing about this. So shout out shout out to them. But it is also true that then with my my colleague. Um, uh, Pat Patrick Leroux, Patrick Leroux, uh, based there in Concordia, that he and I then co-edited this volume called the Cirque Global, so and Quebec's uh, expanding circus boundaries. Um, among the first uh, codified academic volumes related to this thing called uh, New Circus Contemporary Circus in Quebec, and as we know, that has had that's played. Um, uh, a, a huge role in the development of what we might call the art form. Other spaces and other ge geographic contributions and other cultures have obviously done it, but Quebec obviously has a has a massive space for it. And mm -hmm. it was an honor to work with Patrick on that particular work, and then to also um, celebrate our 15 authors that were in that co-edited volume. So that was super super cool. And I can also just keep on giving a shout out to uh, to some of the work that uh, that I've been able to contribute to. The uh, there's there's a new volume that's uh that's that's coming out uh just just now saw the light of day the cambridge uh companion to circus basically another reader a scholarly reader with multiple art uh, scholars contributing to it and many of us scholars have artistic backgrounds to it um, and that's just now coming out as well so that will be i think a major contribution to yes. not, not 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 my not necessarily my own, but I co-wrote that with my uh, with that particular chapter with my co-director of the Circus Center of this project, Karen Fricker. Shout out to Karen. Um, hey, Karen. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so there 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 are there are volumes that are appearing, and then once again to keep on giving the shout out to Karen, if I may. Um, Karen worked with Haley uh, Malouin. Uh, I pronounce her name in a French fashion. I think that's my own particular deformation of it. Um, a, a, a peer edited volume uh, for Performance Matters, 
where uh, some of the early scholarship that well, that sort of sprang forth from the circus and its others work in Montreal was published. So shout out to shout out once again to all of those all of those wow. people all of those venues. Yeah, and I'm I'm trying to get my hands on a on a review copy of that Rutledge reader so I can uh, check it out. I'm excited to read that. Great. Yeah, great. Thank you for contributing to the Arts Library of Circus. Um, <laughs> we need more books about circus. We really do. So, let, but now we're let's pivot and talk about um, the series that we're going to do together because I'm really excited that to see this come to the light. And um, you and do you want to maybe talk a little bit about how how the, it evolved into a series? Delighted to do that. Uh, it began, and you can you can give some pushback because you were vital to the to the creation. <laughs> if I if I say something wrong, so give pushback if if I miss uh, you know recounting some of the histories. But I was hugely honored that uh, when Circus Talk was uh, putting together its series on equity and inclusion that you reached out and said, I think, uh, so Charles, um, what seems to be among the many things that, that we need to sort of be looking at in equity inclusion and what may not be in the in the format yet uh, are queer voices. Um, what do you think, Charles? Would you like to sort of participate in creating a space for some of these queer voices and helping us curate it? And I was so honored and so thrilled to be able to offer offer some of that, that I said, yes. Um, and then uh, we put together five artists uh, with differing experiences and identities and expressions and uh, creative uh, pasts and presents and arguably futures to put together and had a round table. And I thought it hugely vital. I found it really moved, including some of the responses that a lot of these queer artists were saying that they're particular queernesses um, had not been spaces for celebration over their uh, their artistic uh, careers mm. uh, that there for others other people have been giving space for them and they ended up creating spaces for themselves and so they it, we ended up you know in a in a in a in a in a, in a in, in, a, in a world in which their particular queer voices could be heard, but that was mm -hmm. not always that was not always the case. There had been there had been there had been there had been silencing that so many of them had that spoke to spoke to their ex experience of being silenced, um, and that I think sort of provoked us all to say hmm, maybe these voices need to be heard. And uh, you good folk at the circus talk said well. <laughs> maybe let's uh maybe let's do let's take this a step further so then and i'm just honored to be able to take it that step further and give give more yeah. space to, to queer voices and queer voices that may that we may not even necessarily be aware of in an english-speaking world i think maybe some of this is influenced by the fact that i work in in other cultures beyond uh mm -hmm. my job and my night job <laughs> are involved in uh, uh uh worlds that are not not necessarily english-speaking and i think that that may have helped me sort of influence the the question of maybe looking to see of what uh, specific cultures and expressions and uh, and and geographical regions may have to tell us about 
LGBTQ um, realities in circus, um, even up to the very fact that, I mean, can we even use specific words to say, I mean, queer or LGBTQ? I mean, do they all have the same valences and the same reasons, reasons and, and meanings in, in, other, in other spaces and times? So. Um, sure, yes. and it seems like different cultures have different attitudes and about um, LGBT in general. Like, um, even I remember a couple years ago, Spanish and French really didn't have alternative pronouns yet, and people were complaining about that. Like, it's such a gendered language. Why can't we have like various, uh, you know, non-binary pronouns? You know, and it's uh, it's interesting to see how those kind of things develop, and it's it'll be very interesting to see how it is in the circus world and different cultures. I'm so looking forward to that. I will. But, I'm thrilled as well. Thank you for that question. Thank you for giving space to that, because I think I'm I'm with you. Is that I have some questions and I have and may have some theories and some notions, but I'm. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be the one who knows things. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I get to ask the question from people who have those realities and can speak to that. And I'm just honored that, that, that people are saying yes. So and that's the way to do it, to ask the questions, right? It's a fun job. I speak from experience here asking the questions. So I guess the, the next question I want to ask you, Charles, is why do you think um, a series like this is essential and, and especially why now? I mean, you kind of spoke to why it's essential, but why, why is it especially essential now? I am reminded so very frequently that queer voices are still being silenced. Uh, the the uh, trans uh, persons of color in particular in the U.S. find themselves dead regularly precisely because of their uh, identities um, mm -hmm. and questions and, and, and uh, public uh, and private uh, 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 beings. Um, I, am, I am quickened uh, by this understanding to to maybe say we need a bigger and better world in which queer voices are safe, queer voices are heard, there's a space for queer art, there's a space for queer artists to be creating their queer art, and mm -hmm. we're all made better because of it. I am convinced of that it would, to the very core of my being. Agreed. And I think about that all the time. Like I think that a lot of, um, a lot of times in circus, especially you're expected to not um, express anything about your gender or your identity. If it's like alternative to the norm um, because it's just standard not to do so, but it's, it's strange to consider, you know, if, if a woman or a person of color was expected to kind of hide their identity, that's something that ever, nobody would expect nowadays, you know, but when it comes to the LGBTQIA identity, people just don't want to hear about it in, in like modern um, contemporary standard pop kind of production. So it is really important, I think, to, to make sure that this representation is expressed more so that people understand that it's, it's essential to be able to identify, uh, to express your identity on some level through your art. I am, I am, I am so with you on, on so many levels. I am so with you on so many levels. Um, if I could also maybe continue some of that is that indeed uh, so much is being effaced, so much is being silenced and so many, so many, uh, you know, the, a place of some sort of differences are being asked to be hidden. Um, 
there are there are hugely fascinating things that I think can that can happen on a stage if an artistic director is paying attention to how we set up a solo or how we set up a duo or how we set up a trio, how we set up that particular mm-hmm. staff. How we set up that particular act, how we set up uh, these particular people and how they're interacting on stage with each other. Um, I think that there are just fascinating things that that can can totally happen. But I think at this stage of the game, I think we need to be made aware of the fact that we that we may have been making some other choices in the past. We have been making the choices that are. Uh, that have hidden uh, these queer voices. And so we might need to be a little bit more proactive about making the choice to give space to the queer on stage. Um, I love that. Yeah. And I, th- and I think that, and then I think it just makes the art itself just so much more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, you know, but I also think that, you know, you are a queer artist yourself and you work with queer artists. And I, I guess I wonder what, how you've seen it be expressed in your art and and what other artists have told you about issues or things that you know you might want to address in the series about about this topic yeah thanks for thanks for asking that question um i am i'm reminded and and if only if only i could uh claim authorship of this particular phrase but uh, uh but i'm 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 reminded regularly of the of the notion that i will totally put in quotes because so many other people before me have said it representation matters yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, I I am uh, true. Yes, I'm a queer person, a queer artist, a queer creator, and also a queer scholar, and all those other all those other things. But so much of my particular posture in working through the world is indeed as a queer person, um, and I am not alone. There are many, many, many of us on uh, on the planet, um, mm-hmm. and not seeing ourselves on stage or not being able to recognize ourselves on stage. Um, has so for so long sent messages of of value that uh, suggest that 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 we that we queers just don't have the same value, um, and and um, then on the flip side of that, I think some of the fascinating energies that are happening to for queer artists is that they're 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 saying yes we're here we're queer uh, and we have queer art that needs to be paid attention to. And uh, so there's, I think that there's a real energy that can happen in that particular space is that, yes, pay, pay attention to us. We're, we're here. Um, I'm not sure if I even answered your question. Yeah, I mean, it was a big question, multiple sections. So I apologize for that. But, um, and so how will that show up in the episodes, for example? Do you have a few topics you want to share that, that will be covered or? Yeah, super, super, super. Because it's been fun to to think about how to how to create this um, how to create the this series. So the first one uh, was sort of taking on the idea of looking specifically at queer artists and giving them some space to their art and hearing about their realities and dreams and hopes and creations and and uh, and specificities the uh, three artists that'll be uh, focused on in the first episode uh, are all have origins and histories in latin america i am thrilled to be able to bring some of those stories also then to uh, an english speaking world mm-hmm. uh, that that gives me a, a real pleasure um, 
to and I'm just I'm just looking forward to hearing uh, what they have what they have to say and, and to see their work. Um, the second one will be focused on uh, the the trans artist Fia Menard, uh, based in France, uh, hugely uh, well recognized in France and the and the French speaking world. Uh, working on uh, physical theater that draws on dance and uh, theater and circus and other multiple vocabularies. Um, and I am thrilled to be able to bring once again her focus to uh, to uh, other, many, many other people on the planet. I'm just thrilled to be able to do that, and and for her to be able to say yes to the uh, to the invitation is a is a is a real delight. And so the second one will be sort of like the episode will be will be turning around her as a as a as a sort of a major artist. Uh, the third episode is currently conceived, and I know that we're working together on making some of this happen. Is focusing on trainers and artistic directors. Um, mm. uh, queer identified trainers and artistic directors as well uh, and how they might work on uh, answering maybe some of that question that we were looking at earlier is how do we make sure that uh, queer art has has space and queer artists have a way to um, to uh, be recognized and 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 give some value to what's happening on stage so that's a slight then shift on, on what that's happening and then the fourth one as currently conceived is just going to be sort of flat out give some space to queer art and curation mm -hmm. uh, on that and with maybe and coming from queer artists with differing histories and focus but really sort of really focusing on give, giving giving space to queer art that's lovely and and that will that series will launch on October eighteenth. Um, we're really excited about it. It's going to be quite interesting. Um, I can't believe the diversity of topics you already have lined up. I'm so excited about it. Um, I just have one more question for you, and that is: Are there any other projects that you'd like to talk about in regards to circus these days? I know that uh, circus and its others is coming up. And can you just maybe give us the dates and, and sort of like a an elevator pitch for that in case people are able to attend? True, true, true. Thank you for that. Always happy to always happy to give a shout out to the work of the circus and each others. Um, I may be I may be one of the co-directors, but it's really important to make sure that I say co-involved with that because we have a group of five people that are involved in the um, artistic and creative team uh, putting things together. Uh, Ante Ursic uh, brought it to Davis. Uh, shout out to him. Um, Etc. Etc. Just, just, just. I, I. It's just been a real thrill. So uh, the dates are November four through seven, in uh, this particular year. Uh, I, you will be among the first to hear. We just sent an email out to the group yesterday, Kim, mm -hmm. that we yeah. need to make the shift to all digital. Um, it is. It's. It's. Some of us are living this as a loss. It's true because getting together, gathering, and putting people in the same space together is hugely important to those of us who do embodied work. Um, right. As you know, and as I know, here in these United States, the the presence of so many of the the the, the, the variants. Um, right. Of, of this virus that we've been. Uh, fighting now for so long, um, it uh, has really reduced the possibilities of putting people together in that particular room. Um, and yeah. so we are, we, uh, 
so we we live it as a uh, sort of a loss that we can't get real bodies in, in a real room to do embodied things. However, it does open it up to all, to then now a worldwide audience. So there is that that's as a true, flip. Yeah, as that a has flip. Been, that's been the case. And will it be the full um, event, or will it be uh, it like is. all in the three day period as you had planned? It is. Thank you for checking on that. Yes, that's our plan. We're going to we're going we're going to we're going to go full out. This is not reduced. It's not a reduced plan. It is full on and full out. And we have scholars and practitioners and artists that are that will be coming from uh, so many different parts of the globe and offering their particular voices that we're that we uh, are thrilled that people are still committed to this um, even as we make a even as we make a shift. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. I mean, I think the thing is, we've learned one thing during this pandemic, and that is to be adaptable, and you're adapting and keeping it alive, and that's what really matters. So I appreciate that, and I'm sure everyone else does as well. <laughs> well, you are you are kind. You are kind. You are kind. It's true. We're excited also about getting people together, even if we can't put the real bodies in real rooms Um in virtual virt- virtual virtual bodies do count too so uh give a shout out to that um so you ask also about other circus projects i'm involved with so i'm also uh a board member of the contemporary circus and immersive arts center based here in troy new york mm-hmm. a, a new organization uh, that uh, that we are putting on the International Circus Awards, um, and I know that Circus Talk is involved with uh, with giving some space to that and giving some shout out to that, and that has been a hugely thrilling project to be involved with um, to to yeah. trace. Uh, productions once again from so many different parts of the planet uh, to give give a shout out to that uh, and and here in upstate New York uh, where contemporary circus hadn't necessarily had much of a presence arguably prior to now uh, contemporary circus now does have a presence with uh, by virtue of our organization and it's uh, it's visionary leader Erin Marquise. Um, it just and, occurred to me that so much of your stuff is coming to fruition in October November of this year. Look at that. It's very good. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot going on. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, well, Charles, it has been a great pleasure talking to you. And I hope that in 2021, or at least in 2022, we can get together in one place over circus. But if it doesn't, well, I look forward to all your continued effort in the circus world. And I'm especially excited about this upcoming LGBT circus series and um, circus and its others and all the other projects you're in. Um, remember the series journey through queer circus with Charles Batson launches October 18th on circus talk news and wherever you get your fine podcasts. So check it out. And again, thank you, Charles, for being our guest. Thank you, Kim. Thank you for the work that you're doing. As always, we'd like to thank book Kennison for providing the circus talk theme music. Thanks for tuning in to circus talk, the professional online resource and employment tool for the international circus community. Stick around for some outtakes. We are recording. Can you see it? I can. Look, I have a, I have a, I have a red dot on my screen. So yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, now you know I'm not sneaking up on you with the recording. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> see, my computer just dinged just to prove that I it could. See, but right, this will be the last time it dings because we. We're still in that editing part. This is the part that you will chop off, I'm sure. So, sure, yes, of course.